Ace is the place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details. Locked On Trailblazers, your daily Portland Trailblazers podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Hello and welcome to a January 9th, Monday edition of the Locked On Blazers podcast. I'm your host for the day, Eric Garcia Gunderson writer for BlazersEdge.com, former Blazers beat writer for the Vancouver Columbian, writing other places sometimes as well. Last night, I was covering the Blazers and Pistons from the Moda Center in the ice storm, or the remnants of the ice storm for the Associated Press, so I was not able to uh, give you a post-game pod, but thank you, uh, post-game pod, excuse me, thank you to Dane Carbaugh, though, who had you covered, had me covered on what went down last night at the Moda Center. Blazers lost a heartbreaker 125-124 in double overtime to the Detroit Pistons. C.J. McCollum was hot, forced both the overtime periods, but was unable to win the game on the final play, and uh, it, it, it sends the Blazers continuing uh, to, to search for a, a rhythm and, and, and a win streak and trying to string some wins together. They just haven't been able to do it. Uh, and, and, and they weren't able to last night. Yeah, Blazers lose again. Um, I don't know how much we need to get into necessarily the uh, particulars of what went down last night. Uh, obviously... A great play at the end of uh, the second overtime drawn up by Stan Van Gundy to kind of create some misdirection for Contavious Caldwell-Pope to get him to set a screen and then have someone set a screen for him. It really ended up getting him wide open, and he got a great look. And, and hey, this is what happens when you get into close games that you can do so many things right, have so many great moments, and uh, one bad play kind of does you in and the Blazers Terry Stotts in particular I thought made some really smart moves down the stretch of games with situational substitutions twice he took out Damian Lillard and CJ McCollum for crucial defensive possessions at the end of regulation and at the end of the second overtime and they had the right personnel out there they were they had guys that could have been ready to to are, that are versatile, bigger, but Crab got picked by by Drummond, and that freed Caldwell Pope, and he 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 let it fly from three, and that was the game. So uh, that is what happens in close games a lot. Uh, close games are a lot of luck. They're one play here, one play there, and 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 Portland still had a chance to get a uh, to 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 win the game. 
Terry Stotts got the ball to C.J. McCollum on the move. McCollum shimmying to that uh, elbow spot where he normally knocks it down. Damian Lillard after the game saying normally when he gets to that spot, it's cash. It, and it, it just it just clanked out. And Blazers were playing through McCollum a lot in the fourth quarter. And Alan Crabb as well because Crabb had an excellent game, career-high 30 points. Another factor in that was not just that those two guys were hot, but also that Lillard has been dragging a little bit at the end of games. Now, at the end of last night's game, I did ask Lillard how he was feeling, and uh, he, he he says he's not 100% back to normal, but I'll, I'll, I'll let you hear it from him. How are you feeling? Second game back? Oh, I felt a little better. Um, you know, I obviously feel better in the first half. You know, when the second half comes and the game goes on, you know, I'm still trying to get my body used to being out there for long spans of time and being able to, um, you know, be strong down the stretch. And, um, you know, and the good thing about it is guys are, are stepping up and playing well. So I can um, play off the ball. I can, you know, kind of um, set screens and get open shots and move around a little more and work my way back in. And, um, you know, I, I feel better tonight than I felt last game. And I'm sure next game I'll feel uh, much better. Um, but I know it's going to come a game where I just I just feel normal out there as far as my my wind and my strength, um, you know, as the game goes on. So there you heard Damian Lillard describing uh, how he's feeling at the end of these games. He missed two weeks uh, of time with that ankle injury that he suffered on December 23rd against the San Antonio Spurs. I believe he missed five games in that two-week span. Terry Stotts mentioned that he thought Lillard looked a little that his shots looked like he was a little tired in his legs in the fourth quarter of the of, of the Laker game uh, last Thursday, and they got an extra day off. But obviously, practicing, working out, shooting, going through workouts at practice is different than playing in a real NBA game. So uh, he still has to get back in game shape. So and 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 he's being quite honest about that. Uh, right now that that he is a little limited which uh it is is interesting but uh, I think something to to take note of as the Blazers move through this stretch of games I know that Terry Stotts uh really looked at this three game or the three game stretch that ends tomorrow in LA as one that the Blazers needed to run the table and now at the very least they've got to win tomorrow at the Lakers because they've got that game before they come back to Portland for a the second night of a back-to-back against Cleveland. So uh, that is definitely something that they're going to have to deal with. Uh, but it's, it's something to know or to keep in the back of your mind that Lillard still is not 100% yet. So while we are judging this, you know, the defense, how they're playing, their overall play now that Lillard is back because I think the consensus was – when Lillard was out, Portland's defense was stronger. Now it's hard to know whether that was because they didn't have the safety blanket of Dame being able to score and manufacture points or something else, which I know a lot of people have referred, you know, say like, you know, an addition by means of subtraction. I don't buy that at all, but uh, it we still haven't gotten a real chance yet to see 
Damian Lillard 100% in this new defensive approach that the Blazers have had. And I think that the trapping, Reggie Jackson had a really good game. Caldwell Pope had a good game. But obviously, you know, the game went to double overtime. It's Having a bunch of guys with 26, 28 points is, is understandable. That's going to happen when you play a game that is... 58 minutes like that that's that's just what's going to happen when you play a 58 minute game you guys you're going to have a lot of guys getting good numbers and uh the the overall defensive rating for the team last night was not great but it also wasn't it wasn't astronomically bad uh so i i think it's still something to keep in mind that as we watch the growth of this team and they continue to struggle or 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 maybe they finally find some success here. Lillard is still figuring out, uh, or not figuring out, but still working his way back in. His his conditioning is not there one hundred percent. So one of the things that that's and that's one of the things that makes him great is that he rises to the occasion. Generally later in the game, uh, and uh, his body is still not letting him get there. And so you heard him shouting out guys that are, are playing well. Uh, CJ McCollum obviously is one of those guys he's averaging nearly 34 points per game over the last five games CJ has he's been spectacular uh Steph Curry won player of the week in the Western Conference but had it not been for Curry uh I think CJ McCollum would have had a really nice shot at taking that home last week for how how well he played but I think Portland losing that game last night maybe it would have probably made a a big difference because that that changes their overall record for the week and and all that but uh Lillard's still not 100% still working his way back don't know if that's gonna if he's going to feel 100% uh when they play the Lakers tomorrow or when they play the Cavaliers on on the back-to-back or, or maybe Friday against Orlando. We're not sure yet, but uh, Lillard still says he's he's not quite 100%. So that's pro- that's a good sign, I think, uh, for the Blazers that Lillard's best is, is still out there uh, and he's still uh, working his way to, to getting back to full strength. So how that affects the Blazers will be interesting. And, and obviously they could use him late in game. CJ McCollum was fantastic last night. Uh, however... Turner didn't have as good of a game as you would have liked, and and Crab was fantastic carrying the team. But you know, if you don't have uh, Dame there, a guy who commands a lot of respect from the defense, or you have him there but in a limited capacity, just makes you just not as strong of a team. And I think while Lillard still not at one hundred percent is better than the alternative because he commands so much respect from a defense teams have to get out on him they have to try and force the ball from his hands so they need to keep him out there I I so I guess it's just a process uh he had five turnovers last night which was not good the Blazers as a team had 18 turnovers so being sloppy with the ball helped the Pistons kind of stay close and the, the turnovers last night were were kind of like uh yeah, other things that they've had this season where it's like it's just it's one thing or another you know the poor they just don't come up with the right thing when they need it and and, and there's always something slipping with this team and, and I've, I've I have been I've, I've been close for the last two games uh and getting a closer look at this team the last couple of days it definitely seems like something is off in a way that even when the Blazers struggled last year, uh, 
I don't I don't feel like it was off. It felt like they would lose, but yet there was like a confidence there about that what they were going through was kind of just a normal growing pain part of the process. Trusting the process was huge and and, and it seemed like the team really had a lot of faith in what they were doing. And this is and even small things too like uh how the team stands during pregame intros is a little different it doesn't seem like everyone is as enthusiastic enthusiastic as they were last year and maybe that's a byproduct of the team having expectations and now all of a sudden people expecting things from them and 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 maybe last year they were more giddy about being the team that was going to prove everybody wrong but I don't see that from this team this year. There's a there's there's a level of connectedness that I just am not seeing and did not see while I was there. And then there's just times where they just they're so bad I, and so disconnected, and it it just seems so weird. Uh, and, and I think obviously Turner and, and and his uneven play and 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 the fit and how he dribbles the ball and how he takes a lot of time with possessions is definitely a factor in that. I. I, I've I've been of the opinion that we needed to give Turner time. I think he he has played better, and he he helped the Blazers win the game the other night against the Lakers. So it's not to say he hasn't had good contributions, but it's just something just seems a little off. And and I'm not I'm not sure uh, if it's just one thing either. I don't think it's just Turner. I don't think it's just Azili. I don't think it's just the fact that Ed Davis isn't the same guy. It, what I think really what's afflicting the Blazers is just a, a, a bunch of circumstances, a, a lot, bunch of things happening, not circumstances, just a bunch of things that happened over the past year that maybe we thought maybe was more integral to their success than we thought. A guy like Gerald Henderson, who was on the team last year, and I maybe didn't think a whole lot of as, as a player to perhaps build around, maybe... I was wrong about that. He he's a guy who's a good rebounder for his position. He really is super athletic on the wing. He's strong. He he plays defense first. And I and I think they missed that. And and for the first half of the season, Turner wasn't playing defense and uh Crab wasn't playing defense and the other factor that we don't even really take into account is how bringing in Turner takes the ball out of CJ's hands more. It's just all really interesting. And then another factor that that I uh, kind of came to mind at the game, talking to to some folks, is is that uh, the, you know they, this team had some staff changes too, and it was a, it was a small one in the coaching staff. But Jay Triano left Portland staff to go to Phoenix, and one of the things that I have kind of harped on and I think a lot of people have harped on when they watch this Blazers team is where is the edge where where is it where, where is that kind of like we're gonna get you kind of you know almost fu type of swagger and on the coaching staff the Blazers have a lot of really devoted coaches uh lots of really uh, guys that work well with guys that guys that are good with strategy uh, guys that have good relationships with players and help develop them. But I think above all, the one thing that Triano brought to the staff was an intensity. One of the things that I remember 
talking to him about when I did a profile on Triano is that they go to whenever they're on the road or at an opposing gym, Triano would play trick shot games and it would be a competition and it, and he turned everything into a competition and he kind of always had that competitive fire. And that's not to say that this coaching the coaches on Portland's coaching staff are not competitive, but I don't think any of them take it to the level that Triano takes it at. And I think that Triano is still you know, even in Phoenix now, uh, I, I don't think that he's like the magic potion for the Suns. Obviously, they're having trouble too. So, but I think for this team last year, and and for the past, for the entirety of the Terry Stotts era, Triano I thought was was it was kind of an important part of that system. And another thing that Triano uh, was, he was kind of. Uh, you know, a, a confidant for Terry Stotts because he had been an assistant coach before. One of the things that Triano uh, said that during the time that I interviewed him was that that Stotts kind of looked at him in the same way that Rick Carlisle kind of looked at Terry Stotts as an offensive confidant, someone that could kind of you could bounce ideas off of, but also knows the pressures of being a head coach in this league. You know, I wonder how much that has to do with it because. They say it takes a village for for a lot of NBA teams. Everyone espouses culture. Well, the coaching staff is part of the culture. It is not just the players because everything you hear about Evan Turner and Festus Azili is that they're good culture guys. They they are not super egotistical. They they are about the team. They are are good personable guys, and and, and care about the right things. And 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 that's a thing that we've heard about both those guys. But that's not the only culture. And 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 I don't. And I don't know how much all these guys that are missing may have to do with it, but it just it just does seem like there's something off. And there were a lot of small changes over the past year that maybe add up to something being off with this team. I think that's uh that's my that's the hypothesis that I've landed on so far as what is going on with this team. And it's it's a weird it's a, just a weird type of I wouldn't say malaise because they're working hard and they're clearly sensing that there's a problem, but I don't know if they uh, have the right pieces to to maybe solve it right now, or maybe they had the pieces and they lost them, and and maybe some new guys need to emerge or adapt in, in some ways that we have are unable to foresee at this point. But I think it's really interesting where they are now. We're almost at the halfway point of the season, and again last night's loss is like i mean when when is when is the hope going to come that this team can actually string wins together and 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 play winning basketball for more than one night i it just it hasn't been there pretty much since the first week or two of the season when they won a couple of games and lillard was was playing great and everyone was talking about mvp buzz but it's just i don't know what it is but it, it, i don't know i don't think it's just you can't play defense with CJ and Dame. I don't think it's just Evan Turner was a bad contract. I don't think it's just, oh, well, Festus Azili, what if he was playing and, and they hadn't completely tanked that in, minuscule amount of cap space into him. I, 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 It's not just any one of those things. There are so many things that have changed 
And a lot of factors, obviously there's the injuries, you know, Farouk being out did not help. Lillard being out did not help. I think overall the team was just healthier last year. So you, you have, and, and and the Ed Davis thing, which I've mentioned, it looks like he's gained a little bit of weight, may not be the same player. I don't know what's going on. And, you know, and the, another thing too is how does, you hear this a lot with, with guys like, uh, there there's a little bit of, scuttlebutt in Washington or there was about the fact that Bradley Beal was making more money than John Wall and not to project that onto the Blazers but if if you were Ed Davis and you were one of the best offensive rebounders in the league maybe you would take it personal that Myers Leonard is making is making more money than you this is just speculation in terms of reasons why things are not connecting or why the team may not be as connected this they're losing obviously that hurts but it's just different i it's just not it's just it's, something is a little off i don't know when it's going to get fixed i don't know what is going to trigger that change but uh yeah uh, really it, it's been an interesting season so far and i think two they the, the the players are as frustrated as anybody because obviously they keep losing these games they keep on losing winnable games games that they're in and it's not the, the the fact that it was early in the season was, was kind of a comfort for this team, but it, it's starting to get to that point now too, where it, it's starting to be like the like like the Lakers the year that they had Kobe and Dwight and Pau Gasol and Steve Nash, which they were beset by injuries too. But I remember every next game from the Lakers was the season starts tonight, and it felt like the Blazers kind of had a stretch where they're like, all right, well, we're going to get it in. We're going to lock it in for real right now. We're going to win these three games. Obviously Detroit came in to the Moda center last night, needing to win that game too, because their season has been a disappointment so far. So that game was two desperate teams. So it's not to say that Portland should have just rolled them up, but I don't, I don't know when the season's going to start for these guys. I I really don't because there's a lot of things that are just different that are a little off to me and being a little bit closer to the team and, and, and seeing them a little bit closer and talking to some people just, you know, it just kind of reaffirms that there, there's something off and it's not, it's not just one thing. I, I know that when we're, when you're reading stuff and you're talking about stuff on a podcast, you're coming up with trade scenarios and things to talk about. Obviously, the number one easiest thing to point at is that the two guards are short and that they have not been good at stopping opposing ball handlers for most of the season. And while that is something that is true and has hurt the Blazers, the Blazers had some of those same problems last year and were able to make up for it. So why was that? And I think intensity, having more defense for skies, having a little bit more connectivity, perhaps the fact that a lot of guys got paid, maybe they're content. I'm not sure, but I think there's a lot of factors here that are playing into what has been kind of a disappointing season for the Blazers. And they have half a season to figure it out. And these are growing pains. The Blazers showed up on the scene. And then I think we, I think I myself probably expected them to just make a another step but that's not how basketball works it's not how the NBA works and that's not how life works so you you stumble you have moments where you 
stumble, you you make you mess up, and or things just don't go your way, and you have to regroup. And I I think right now where the Blazers are is one of those weird blips where they've got to figure out next steps, and I don't know uh, what those next steps are. And I think I, and I'm not even sure that they know because they were in a position where they had to kind of re-sign all these guys, they had to use their cap space. They had a great season last year, so what are they going to do? Not bring those players back and then come back with nothing? Especially when a lot of teams coveted some of their free agents, especially Alan Crabb. So I, I, I think it's a, it is it, it is it is trouble right now, and I think it's something that needs to be addressed, and it, I don't think that the Blazers are without a plan because Neil Olshay usually has several plans, and you can see that him acquiring draft picks like he did the other day still shows that he's in the mode of accumulating assets and isn't sitting on his hands. I think in terms of the roster construction with this team specifically, I think they are still trying to figure out who they are because last year I've towards the end of the season, I felt like they figured out an identity, but now by adding all these pieces and the fact that not only you have these pieces, now you have them for three, four years there could be a little bit of a complacency there or, or some kind of uh, honeymoon period of some sort that they've got to go through to figure out uh, who they really are and, and what and, and in which direction they want to go. Because I think there's a lot of stuff to sort through is how much the coaching staff played a part, how much certain players played a part, how much uh, the expectations played a part. I think all those are part of this conversation that should inform the team on the direction in which they will go. Uh, so I'm not saying that they may not have, I, I, the reason I say they may not know ultimately the direction they're going to go in is not that, that I don't think that Olshay and the front office don't have plans in place and don't have courses of action, but I think you can only take so much action when your team is in the stage that Portland's team is right now, where a lot of the guys that you resigned, you can't trade, CJ McCollum with his extension you can't trade him either nor I don't think they should right now anyway and because he has a poison pill provision in his contract so Portland has to wait and see right now with regards to the roster so it makes sense why they wouldn't maybe have a entirely 100 you know 100% clear idea of next steps but I think that these struggles are obviously uh probably forcing them to reassess sooner than they probably would have otherwise. So uh, interesting time. I think something is a little off with this team. I don't know when they're going to figure it out. And I don't necessarily know if there's a quick solve. You know, I, I think they've got to work through it. And uh, I, I don't know what the cure will be. Obviously, winning some games will, will definitely help improve the mood. But it does seem like something's off. And, and, and as I mentioned earlier in the podcast, there were a lot of changes this season that maybe we just didn't consider enough what impact those might have, especially on a team that prided itself so much last year on its culture, on its togetherness, on its connectivity. And I maybe we didn't consider or there wasn't enough thought to how does how do those small little changes within the team lead to big ones like the Blazers have had so far this season because they, they just haven't been the same team that they were at the end of last year. So um yeah, really interesting uh, times last night and, and, and times just being uh, around the team a little bit more. And 
and just kind of sensing that something is just a tad off. But I, I, I'm not sure um, how long that'll last, but it, it's something to keep tabs on. I think it's something we'll be watching for uh, throughout this season as, as the Blazers try and round into shape a little bit. Right now they're in eighth place tied with Sacramento. And they're, the, the, the more they take time trying to string wins together and, and get the season started, so to speak, the, the, the less ground they're going to lose, the more ground they're going to lose on Oklahoma City, Memphis, and those lower tier Western Conference playoff teams because now the upper tier uh, is going to be pretty impossible to catch with the Warriors, with San Antonio, with the Rockets, and then you've got Utah and the Clippers and the Thunder and the Grizzlies who are all, and the Grizzlies had a great win the other night at the Warriors. So it's going to be a a real uphill climb. So uh, Portland very well, maybe very well, maybe in a position where uh, eighth place in the West is their best case scenario this season, because that's how far behind they are. And that's obviously not what they wanted. They envisioned a team that could get to the Western Conference Finals. So, um, yeah, I, I, I definitely think they're they are they are evaluating right now. But uh, it, it with with some draft picks uh, in the upcoming draft, I think uh, the Blazers are not in a terrible spot. They it, it is it disappointing? Yes, but and 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 are they capped out? Absolutely. However they're not in as bad of a position as a lot of teams. They have two guys, two guys who are bona fide stars, uh, and you could be in a lot worse place. So, uh, I think, I think that's, that, that's a takeaway and a good reminder again of, of where the Blazers are and how far they've come from a team that was expected to win 26 games last year. And now they have expectations and, uh, they're still fighting through that, and that's that's just how the NBA goes. You you make you either you're either getting better, or uh, you know you hit stumbles in the road, and, and and teams revamp, and the West got healthy healthier again, and guys in the West that didn't play so well last year, like James Harden, are even better, and so there's just a lot of things happening. Portland definitely has to regroup. They have a lot of time left in the season, but. Uh, there's also a lot of things that are different that I'm not sure are going to get 100% resolved by season's end. And uh, eighth place very well may be the best that this team can do this year as they head into the summer with two draft picks and uh, some decisions to make on guys for extension. So uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode of Locked On Blazers. Please subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Audio Boom, Google Play, wherever you can get a podcast. Subscribe to the, uh, send us an email, excuse me, uh, if you have any questions or would like to advertise on the podcast to lockedonblazers at gmail.com. You can follow me on Twitter at Eric, E R I K underscore Gunderson. That's Gunderson with an E N. If you'd like to follow my tweets about basketball and everything else and sometimes things that I write like a story for the AP last night. So yeah, we will be back after the Laker game with uh, uh, an update on how the Blazers are doing and we'll see if they can get a win, a road win. Uh, And those have been extremely tough to come by this season. So uh, until then.
place with the helpful hardware, folks. It's Ace's biggest LED light bulb sale of the year. Right now, buy one, get one free on our best-selling LED light bulbs. Our four-pack of LED bulbs is $9.99, and our two-pack of LED floodlights is only $12.99. Buy one, get one free. There's no limit on how much you can save, so stock up now. Hurry in. Buy one, get one free on long-lasting 10-year LED bulbs, now through Monday, only at your neighborhood Ace. See participating stores for details.